Welcome to episode 166 of the Behind Game Club. This week, we play Coffee Talk. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCord, and today I have three friends with me. The first friend, you know them, you love them, it's Flora Marigold. I am ready for a nice cup of tea. And here to drink tea with us, uh, we have two special guests. Let's start with uh, our second friend, Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. It wasn't that long that long ago that I was here last, so it's fun to come back so soon. You are quickly becoming one of our like most... Uh, appeared guests, so I'll take congrats it. I on love that. it. I love it. It's it, people know I hate podcasting, I'm t- and I don't I never do it. So <laughs> it's, true. it's true. It's uh, true. And here for the second time, uh, Luke Lewis. Welcome back to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. You know what? We needed someone from the Pacific Northwest to be able to do this show, so I figured you'd be the best person for that. Always bring in the PNW vibes. That that's me. Nice. Nice. Um, for folks who don't know Matt and Luke, what y'all do, uh, let's start with Matt. Uh, I'd love to know more about the podcast you host, the content you make, before we jump into Coffee Talk. Thank you. Yeah, so um, I am a, some might say prolific, I just say does too much, podcaster. Um, I host th- four podcasts, uh, three with co-hosts, and then one on my own. Um, and I have two video game podcasts, which are probably the most re- relevant to our listeners, Um Although, as of when we're recording, Flora is about to be a guest on Screen Snark, which Jacob has also been on several times. So that's exciting. Um, Screen Snark is a TV and movie podcast. We bring a guest on to talk about the most recent things we've watched. It's a lot of fun. It's mostly goofs. Um, We talked a lot about birds in that episode. You'll see. I'm not even going to explain it. Um, but I also do uh, Reignite, which is a was a Mass Effect podcast, now a Bioware podcast. We've moved on to the Dragon Age series, which has been... Uh, interesting. I like Dragon Age Origins, but we have thoughts. We've we've run into some hiccups already early on in that game. But I also do a broader video game podcast called Fun and Games. Uh, Jacob has been a guest several times, and then all three of you have done Side Quests, which is our sub series within it, where people talk about a game they love and why they love it. Uh, yeah, and uh, beyond that, I also edit for the Game Informer show, which is a lot of fun and kind of a dream come true since I grew up reading Game Informer. And uh, yeah, that's kind of it. Well, again, thank you for coming back. We are excited to talk about Coffee Talk. But for that, Luke, you have a podcast, too. Tell us more. I do. I am the host and producer of the Lukewarm Games podcast, which is a weekly gaming and pop culture show that I host with my partner, Claire. Um, Many of you have been guests. Flora, I'd love to have you on at some point in the future. But we try to keep it positive, bring good vibes, share our love about the industry. Um, We have some upcoming exciting developer interviews um, coming up in future episodes um, off of PAX East and our coverage there. So check that out. But thanks for having me and excited to be here and chat with you all tonight. Yeah, just recently uh, I was on your show. We talked about Dredge yes. and Terra Nil, which are like some fabulous games. Yeah, that was our, I think, our most recent episode as of this recording. Mm-hmm. So that's a great one for folks to check out. And if you enjoy Left Behind Game Club, um, I think we have we have similar vibes. And, and Jacob, we, we joke that you're our resident guest host because I think you've been <laughs> on more than anybody. So there's a lot of crossover yeah. between our podcast I universes. Your show, like almost a cousin to yeah, our show because yeah. you sometimes like do the that. game club thing but you also do topical stuff so it's good it's a good complimentary uh podcast to, to listen to so again thank you for coming on yeah of course happy to be here today we're talking about coffee talk uh developed by toge productions uh published by toge productions chorus worldwide serenity forge depending on which platform what time if it was physical, <laughs> uh, it's available on Windows, Mac OS, Switch, PS4, Xbox One. Uh, this is on Xbox Game Pass, if you have Game Pass at the time of recording. Uh, and it was originally released on January 29th of 2020. We start the show with our fast pitch, which is a one-sentence description of the game that we are about to talk about. Who wants to jump in first and give that fast pitch? I'll go first. Um, Coffee Talk is a visual novel that focuses on good vibes, good drinks, and great small talk. All right. Uh, um. For me, Coffee Talk is Lo-Fi Girl, the game. Oh, you stole mine. Mine was literally fantasy <laughs> lo-fi chill beats, the game. That's why I hopped in second. I was like, someone else is going to go for that. Yeah, you and, got me. 
Close, um, closing it out, same, similar wavelengths to y'all. I had um, lo-fi <laughs> beats to narrative game too. Mm. All right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So before we get into talking about the game, uh, this is a game about a coffee shop. We'll get into exactly where it is, when it is, what it is. Um, but I'd love to know what your ideal coffee order is. And if you have multiple, de- depending on context, I'd love to hear that too. Flora, you, your hand shot right up. I did I lose my mind or did you not give a one sentence pitch? I I, I did. It was just the oh. literal same as yours. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, you just you said same. Sorry. Um, no, I, you're fine. I, I was sitting you're here fine. thinking like either I can't count, which is certainly possible, or um, okay, that makes <laughs> sense. Um, Do you want me to? I, I can give another one if you'd like. I'd love that. It's going to be terrible. Um, Even but better. What if? What if tsunami? was actually a fantasy coffee visual novel based in Seattle. I mean, I can see that, yeah. Really bad. I'm so really glad bad. I asked you to do one. Yeah, I like it. I it. like it. Yeah. I get the vibe. <laughs> okay. Now you can't get away from it, Flora, because you put me on the spot. I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> Fair. What is your coffee order? Um, I notoriously dislike coffee, and so I'm going to reject the premise of your question. Um, (laughs) I actually am a tea drinker if I'm going for caffeine. Respect. Um, My favorite kind of tea is pomegranate white tea. Um, Mm. And I can also roll with, like, green tea or, like, hibiscus tea or other such things in the floral sort of direction, like a jasmine tea and whatnot. Um, But pomegranate white tea, I drink it every single day at work. It's just kind of like a habitual, like, when I get to work, I go for it. I boil my water. I pour it over the bag, etc. And so um, I've tried everyone's quote-unquote way of coffee. Like, I've tried it with sugar. I've tried it with cream. I've tried it with honey. I've tried it hot and cold and everything in between. And um, just not for me. So anyway, um, sorry to start as the negative Nancy of the group, but... I'm just very pro-tea, and uh, when a character in this game orders it, I'm just, like, immediately emotionally connected to them. So, um, Matt, how about you? Uh, so, I have several. We'll start with the at-home coffee. When I'm at home, I prefer medium roast. Um <laughs> <laughs> I used to use a Keurig, but uh, my spouse has educated me in the proper way of grinding our own beans and then, like, uh, like that we buy whole, whole beans and then using a filter and, like, pour over that whole nine yards. But my preference is home as light and sweet. I usually prefer hazelnut creamer, Coffee Mate brand, if I had to pick, but otherwise any hazelnut creamer. Um, at work, I do the same now because uh, uh, at my day job, I'm responsible for buying the creamer. So I just buy my <laughs> creamer and use it at work. Um, and then, but if I'm in a coffee shop, usually my go-to quick, like not thinking, is vanilla latte. If we are in the fall season, it is a pumpkin spice latte because I am a basic bitch, and that's okay. Uh, those are kind of, and then I do like tea, but um, typically it's Earl Grey hot. Yes, I know. Yes, I'm a Star Trek fan. Um, but I also do like English breakfast or any other kind of black tea as well. But also sweet, usually with a lot of sugar or some kind of sweetener. I think I kind of have a, a mix of everything that's been mentioned. I have like a beverage for all occasions. Um, my inside joke with my partner, Claire, is that I always be sipping because I always have <laughs> some sort of beverage happening. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a big at-home coffee person as well. I, I got an espresso machine, I think, about a year ago, and I went kind of deep oh, in yeah. the, like, let's grind my beans, let's learn about, like, pour-over processes and different flavors and try different roasts and beans. So I, I just like experimenting with different beverages. And then, so I'm a big coffee person, but I also love, like, depending on the time of day, winding down with a nice cup of tea or, like, an, a non-caffeinated hot beverage um, but yeah, all, all, all of the beverages ordered at a coffee shop I'm a fan of on a given day. I'm glad to know I'm about, I'm among like coffee, no offense to anyone, coffee snobs, that we all have our particular way. As Flora says, so, does, does something that I won't repeat on camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love light roast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will do it at home, just a little milk, a little sweetener. But if I'm at a coffee shop, I typically like uh, an Americano. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of milk, a little bit of sweetener. Uh, if it's during the summertime, iced Americano. If it's in the, the cold times, I, I get a hot Americano. And then, you know, a little English English breakfast tea is, is pretty good, too. So I kind of run the gambit, if you will. Nice. nice. Awesome. Uh, so we got lots of different coffee options uh, to start talking about coffee talk. 
someone described it as a visual novel. I think that's pretty fair. Um, does anyone want to kind of explain exactly what you do in Coffee Talk? Because there are kind of two two subsections of Coffee Talk. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Coffee Talk is one of those games where it's a visual novel. So like it's narrative forward, right? You're mostly t- talking or in this case, it's text. It's speech bubbles. Um, but it's not only just a visual novel. It's also a coffee and beverage making sim. You are literally running a coffee shop and um, you have a device where you can look up um, like recipes and social media and kind of get a feel for your customers and your regulars. And sometimes they tell you exactly what you want so you can make it easily. And then sometimes they give you a vibe and you have to figure it out on your own. So it's kind of coffee simulator puzzle game too, which is really interesting. And then, yeah, I think that's mostly it, you know. And then there is some like narrative shenanigans, which we'll get into later, that like mm-hmm. goes a little bit even beyond the typical visual novel. Not that I even know what that phrasing means. Um, but yeah, uh, I liked figuring out. I have something to talk, bring up when we talk about the sequel a little later because Jacob and I are previewing it. But um, the like, I liked figuring out people's orders, it was fun. Like, that I think was my one of my favorite parts of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke, you're originally from the Pacific Northwest. You said before we started that you're from Vancouver, Washington. Uh, you said there are some Easter eggs in this one. Uh, can you describe the setting here? Because I think that you're probably best equipped to do so. Sure. So, yeah, I, this game just felt really like cozy and homey to me as I was playing it. Um, you know, the initial screen, it has a visual, a really fun pixel art style that just kind of sets the mood for the whole experience. But it opens on a rainy shot of Seattle and you have these lo-fi beats that kind of add to that aesthetic. And yeah, I just felt very at peace while I was playing this game. And there's there's various different references to like um, my favorite Seattle pizza place is referenced in the game as a place that no a way. character went to. Things like that of like it, it's clear that the dev team like knows the Pacific Northwest quite well. So I appreciated those little touchstones um, and we can get into more specifics. Another callback that I appreciated was um they refer to a gaming convention that they went to Max Prime calling back to Pax Prime when it was originally called that before becoming Pax West and little things like that. I just like I really enjoyed it and just made me even more engaged in the narrative experience in these characters because they it just felt like people I have known in my life in a in a fun way. Yeah, I mean, you play as a barista who opens a, a coffee talk is the name of the shop. And it's open every night from, I believe, like, imagine 10 or 11 o'clock at night until the wee hours of the morning. And so not only are you experiencing Seattle and fantasy Seattle, because surprise, um, it's not just humans. There are other races that are part of, you know, fantasy Seattle, but also you only ever see it at night. So, Luke, I don't know. Did you ever walk around Seattle uh, a lot beyond PAX time in, at night in Seattle? Yeah, definitely. My folks used to live in Seattle for several years while I was in college. So I would I would visit Seattle quite frequently. And it was just kind of fun. The idea of this late night coffee shop where everyone congregates because nothing else is opened. And like, I definitely resonated with that because in the Pacific Northwest is there's just not much nightlife. And so you congregate at those few places and you get kind of that sense of community there. So that felt pretty authentic in this kind of like, like you said, there are fantastical elements to this game, but it feels like grounded in real world. And I think there's some clever social commentary within the writing that makes it um, feel more grounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned kind of some of the different characters that kind of build the community of Coffee Talk. Um, I don't think we can really talk about like the narrative in Coffee Talk really succinctly because really there are you know, about a dozen characters that each have their own stories. Uh, So I guess what I'd want to know from y'all is, were there any characters uh, in Coffee Talk that immediately immediately became your faves? Oh, I mean, man, it's so hard to pick. Matt's like, I got to pick between my faves. No way. All of them. Yeah. (laughs) You strike me as a Hyde. I do like Hyde. Uh, I mean, right. My favorite characters are the ones that both I want to be and want to be with. Right. That whole thing. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but I I really genuinely do like um, what's the 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 green haired young woman's name? Freya. 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 I really like Freya because Freya reminds me of the regulars I would experience in like when I worked in nightlife. 
uh, like the people that you would see all the time who were like oh, kind of yeah. loopy and really friendly and like, you know, or that you got to know when you were chummy with, but you didn't really know that well. You only saw in those specific situations, but still felt like a close friend because you talked to all the time. So I really do. I like that. Um, and I do like, you know, I like the different fantasy races. I think Lua might be my favorite character, though. I like how complex she was. Um, as a succubus who was like a hard worker and like the family stories that they get into and stuff. Um, so I, if I had to hide Lua and Freya are like the top tier, but I do love all of them. I think they're all great characters. Mm-hmm. Luke, did you have a favorite? I I really enjoyed all of the characters. I think um, Aqua stood out to me yeah, as a fellow socially anxious person. <laughs> um her interactions of like kind of questioning and always apologizing for th- things that she said. Like I was like, Oh, I, I understand how you're feeling right now very deeply. So um, connected with her quite a bit. Yeah. It, it's kind of unavoidable, but like all of the women in this game, I can just blanketly say like, <laughs> yeah. just like, yeah, I'm a fan. Like I actually thought about Matt and sorry to put you on blast on this, but um we've Do talked it. a little bit about this before, but I was like Matt's probably going to think that every single character in this game is hot. Yes. Um <laughs> uh, not <laughs> Officer Jory. I've... Officer Jory okay. and the pop star, the pop star and her father cuz the pop star is too young. Rachel. Rachel is too young and the father is not my type. Yeah. Like just about everyone else beyond that. Yes. Gala, okay. are you kidding Those are important me? clarifications. On, All things considered, um, the pixel artists behind the character designs in this game uh, did a fantastic job. And so uh, the visual aesthetic is mostly what I would latch on to initially, and it's hard to shake that off. Um, the character arcs and the relationships b- between some of the characters and also like you yourself, the person who's like supposedly talking to these people... Um, I think it really varied depending on the topic of why these people were coming to the actual coffee shop in the first place. Um, sometimes they're just there and it's more of an instrumental thing, like the character serves a plot purpose and there's no real depth that you learn about them. Other times it's like time to open up emotionally and then you get a lot of context about something in society or like some sort of structural problem with like expectations between family members or other such things. So uh, it really was, it varied a lot. Um, I would echo Aqua. I really just like that visual character design. I thought it was super cheesy that like, oh, there's a game developer in this game. Like, oh, what an original <laughs> writing concept, which I, I, I have so many problems with the writing in this game, but we'll get to it. Um, the characters, however, I, I loved pretty much all of them. I still don't really know what to do with Neil. Um, like, Neil... He's a tough character to talk that, about without spoiling, too. Uh but, but and yeah. maybe maybe I should, you know, like gag myself until we get there. But um, let's be spoiler light here. Yeah, I don't really know what to do with their character, so I'll yeah. just leave it at that. Okay. Fair. Uh, I guess I'll I'll just quickly say like I'm a big gala fella. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He was just <laughs> such a big broody sweetheart, yeah. and I I just couldn't help but be like you're. You're so sweet. I want you to be my, my pal because I know that you would take care of me even if I hide it a little bit. Because um, you know, hide hide is. Hi's a, a fellow that seems to get into a lot of trouble. Yeah. Uh, and then I just love Freya in that, you know, there was a repartee between Barista or whatever you named your character mm-hmm. and Freya in a way that I just recognized. I'm like, oh, you're like my one or two friends that like, you know, you're like, you're like Katie, for example, who are, we have like a, a verbal battle or my friend Britt who like, we just kind of like banter. go back yeah. and forth. The banter, the banter was strong with Freya. And I think that's what I appreciated about her. Yeah. Uh, that's Spice. something we should talk about. What did we all name our baristas? I'm curious. Oh, important question. Yeah, so I named my, just Jacob. I, I named mine Stormageddon because it allowed 12 characters. And whenever it allows 12 oh. characters, <laughs> I go for Stormageddon. So that was mine. Nice. Yeah. I kept it simple. Luke. Yeah. Flora, were um, you Flora? Flora. Yeah. 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 No one kept barista. No. Yeah. Okay. I see how it is. <laughs> it was uh, my coffee shop. I was, you know, yeah. it was, it was a role playing. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about our favorite characters. Were there some really memorable storylines that y'all immediately came out? Because obviously, like, the gameplay, like we've said, is, is two things. It's visual novel and it's making coffee. We can talk about the making coffee, I guess, near the end. Um, but I, I think it's we'd be hard-pressed if we didn't talk about the core of this, which are some of the storylines uh, that some of these characters experience. So um, I don't want to put anyone on the spot, but if anyone has a memorable storyline, just go ahead and throw it out and we can we can talk about it more. I mean... 
like, I'm not going to get into the overall narrative, but I like that there was an overall narrative, right? This could have mm-hmm. just been small talk the game, which I would have loved. But the fact that there is a through line and there is some cool shenanigans that you can encounter once mm-hmm. you've finished it is really interesting. Um, I mean, I think I really like Freya's narrative the best, right? She seemed to have the best rapport with the barista and, like, her arc of getting her dream realized and getting a book and then freaking out and trying to do a day job while pursuing her dream. Like, I think something we can all relate to on a level. Um, And like, I actually think I really liked, even though it was kind of predictable in the way it was presented, I like Rachel's story and Rachel's story with her father and her, she's a pop star. Like, I really like that story because it, though it's been done before, I think it was really interesting and, and very kind of wholesome and like actually really open, uh, especially when they were struggling and all that. So I think those are probably the ones that stand out the most to me as favorites. Though I do, like I said, I can't play favorites. I really do like them all. It, what really surprised me about Rachel is, you know, her her um, her race is called the uh, what is it called the the Neki Mimi yeah. ne- Neko Mimi uh-huh. Cat Girls. And essentially, they trans Cat Girls. They switch like from cat to human. Yeah. And the first time it happened, I was kind of a little bit surprised. Yeah. Uh, so that was a that was a fun thing too. I guess for for me, what I really appreciated um, is the the story between Hyde. I guess I'm just going to be a gala stand yeah. today between Hyde and Gala. That immediately on like Hyde's face, you think that Hyde is just a simple kind of arrogant uh, vampire character, um, but you you know peel back the layers of the onion and you discover really quickly that Hyde is actually kind of a complex character and has even you know he's lived a long time and in that time he's kind of lived multiple multiple lifetimes and had multiple different jobs uh but among those jobs he always kept his his partnership and his friendship with gala and so at the start i think he was one of my least favorites hyde was and then quickly became one of my favorites because i'm like oh you have baggage and that's why you're like this yeah i think i think my favorite as far as little like mini stories go was between Myrtle and um, Aqua, which like Myrtle is a framed as a rather aggressive character in the beginning. And Aqua, as mentioned is, is framed as very like socially anxious slash awkward and seeing that relationship, like both of those barriers be like mutually overcome. um, I just liked that dynamic um, and seeing uh, those, those characters eventually like schedule meetups and stuff was just kind of reassuring to like have implied context for what their lives are like outside of this cafe. The fact that they had planned this together as opposed to so many other of these interactions, which just are seemingly by chance and random. Um, I, I don't know. I just really liked that back and forth. Yeah. I think any standouts we haven't talked about yet. Um, I, th- I think we've touched on the big ones, but I think for me, just the concept of like getting small little narrative updates from each of these storylines throughout each day really stood out to me. And it was cool to see like mm-hmm. what was happening simultaneously with everyone in their lives. Um, one we didn't touch on that I enjoyed um, was Lua and Bailey's kind of traditional love story and, you know, tale for the ages of oh your parents don't want you to be together but i i liked how they did it with the fantastical twist and um it, it kind of tied in well to freya's um narrative arc of trying to put a book together and being the original inspiration for writing the novel and um i thought all of that w- was interesting to me sometimes i almost wished for more about the meta narrative about the things that were happening in the world because every day you'd get a newspaper that would yeah. come that would give you headlines yeah. of the 14 days where like you know we learned about fire i think is the name of the agency that essentially is trying to yes, the FBI. take care of extraterrestrials the right. fbi yeah. um they're take, trying to take care of extraterrestrials um but beyond the, the headline you don't get the story to dive into and you can read the evening whispers on your phone which is the paper that freya contributes to but I think that there was a lot of interesting stuff about, um, you know, at one point they refer to the core six, for example, of races, you know, similar to many other fantasy stories about the races that were given almost distinction first uh, or were given even IDs first, if I remember correctly, uh, and then getting into those races that didn't get that until much later. I wanted more detail about that. And I understand the scope of this game is quite small, but I think that they teased me enough with like things that I could have loved. Flora, you look puzzled. I don't feel puzzled necessarily. I I am just, as mentioned, frustrated with the writing in this game. 
and its simultaneous willingness to breach like giant societal level topics and simultaneously not really say anything meaningful about them. Um, and I, I don't mean that as the dagger through the heart of this game because like, I don't feel bad about this game. It's not like it, it's a failure or something. Um, but from the very beginning, like this game just commits certain writing sins, I guess I would say that like follow it all the way through. Um, like this is a game about writing, for example, um, like Freya, the main three line character is a writer and is, is dealing with the ins and outs of writing and what to write about and writer's block and, and, oh, making a career out of this, like, which is quite literally what the person who wrote the script of this game must have been going through. Like, it's just one of those. And, um, and so like when it wants to have a discussion about race, for example, um, I don't consider myself an authority on that topic whatsoever. However, I would also say that it only uses it instrumentally and doesn't really go any deeper. Like the Baileys and Lua relationship, for example, like that, that relationship, spoilers, um, it, it might not work out if like because of just that one vector of things. And OK, that's an interesting premise, but um, it, it gets resolved by you serving them drinks and um, not not to be too reductive there. Uh, I just I, I find that this game is is only willing to um, shallowly dip into certain topics. And I, I wish it would go just a little further if you're, if you're going to have that conversation, have that conversation. And this game kind of wants to keep things kind of upbeat and keep things like, like the headline will be dark. And then you just are like, Hey, how's it going? Like, like that sort of back and forth is always is, I mean, that's a tension that people in real life experience. I can't pretend that that doesn't reflect reality in some way. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, I would hope that the sequel would be a little more bold in, in a direction with those, those themes and, and expressions. Yeah. I think Matt and I will will dive into it a little bit later. Um, Matt, very quickly, I think that it does a little bit of a better job on the writing side to go a little bit deeper on a few plot lines. Um, but I I don't disagree with what you said. Yeah, me. no, I I agree. Hmm. I think that the the sequel might might tackle it a little better. But also, this is a game that's kind of about the vibes, right? Like, it's very yeah. reductive to say that, but it's also true. I think that. Like, because I didn't know what the scores on this game were until recently, because a little behind the curtain, I'd always wanted to play this game, play the demo, but didn't get very far in it. And then I f was able to be lucky enough to book an interview with a Toge at PAX East. And I was like, well, I need to play the first game if I'm going to meet with them about the second game. And I've wanted to. And so I played it on my train right out there. I didn't finish it till after the interview, but I played a large chunk of it before. So like... I didn't know what the scores were and seeing that the scores were kind of average for it surprised me, I guess, because for me, I really vibed with it. But I think that's the problem with this game problem for those who may not enjoy it is it's a vibe and it, you either identify with it and enjoy it or you don't. I don't think that this game yeah. will be for people to kind of like maybe like I think you're either going to love it because it's really the thing you want at that time and you can really chew on it or you're not going to like it because you're like what is this like I think this is a more divisive game than kind of most other visual novels would be yeah if you don't vibe with a fantasy lo-fi visual novel if those words do nothing for you the game will do nothing yeah. for you I also feel compelled to add that I love those things yeah. and it worked really well for me. <laughs> right. Um, bec yes. Because I worry, like, you didn't direct any of those statements to me by any means, but I, I definitely, like, I think that my remarks could be cast in a direction that make this game seem like it deserves those scores. Yeah. Which I, I would also echo. I think the Metacritic score on this game is, or the Open Critic score is lower than what I would give it. Right. Um, like, I, the vibes of this game... It, are the selling point. Like that's 100% yeah. why you come to coffee talk is I want some lo-fi pixel art, just reading and just chilling in the rain. Like, like I, the type of person who goes online and like plays rainy mood in the background while they're working yeah. is the type of person who would love this game. Yeah. Um, and, and guess what? I'm in the crosshairs of, of that. So yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So just echoing the praise and the, and the sort of things as well on top of my criticisms of the writing, I would say that like, I, I, it was really refreshing to revisit this game. I played it right at release. And so coming back a couple years later was like, I, I was like, oh my God, this game hasn't aged in any like way that I worried about. 
I should also add, like, my trip to Boston to play it was, like, I was on a train with Kenneth Shepard of Kotaku, and we were just kind of vibing. He was working, and I literally had it in the kickstand mode with the Joy-Cons in my hand, like, kind of slouched in my seat on the train as the world passed us by playing this game. And so, like, I was primed to enjoy it even more so yeah, than I yeah. would have at home because uh, the context, I think, is key, too. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's it's relevant here, so I'm just going to quickly bring it up. Um, the open critic we mentioned before on this one was 74, which surprised me as well. And then I'll just co- quickly cover two reviews that I pulled here. Destructoid gave it a 6 out of 10 and said, Coffee Talk is very much a mismatched brew without strong focus. The surface-level approach to a catalog of important issues hampers the writing, the principal element of all visual novels. And then Game Informer gave it 7.5 and said, Coffee Talk is an interesting experience. At times, it struggles with just how far it wants to explore certain yeah. topics sometimes only giving a cursory look at the issue at hand. I was so entertained during my playthrough and I genuinely cared about the characters and their journeys, even those journeys, even if those journeys don't take them to unexpected places. Yeah. I mean, and and I think that like I am not a scholar of writing. I do some writing, but like for the most part, vibes carry me through lots of games and so like all of these criticisms are valid. They just washed right past me because that's not what I like I of course I want that from games, but I didn't want that from this game and so I kind of forgave it. You know, let it slide, whatever terminology you want to use. For sure. I think hearing those, like, pull quotes from the review, I agree with everything that's being said, especially with, like, kind of the cursory approach to the narrative structure and touching on these issues, like you mentioned, Flora. But I think, like we're saying, the vibes, the music, just the atmosphere of the game is what really pulled me in and kind of kept me engaged throughout. But, yeah, yeah it... By no means a perfect game, but I think I had a positive experience engaging with it. Yeah, on the music, Andrew Jeremy did the soundtrack for this one, and it's so uh, good, immaculate, um, uh, immaculate. And the one thing that I that I pulled for on my my in laws were visiting, and I was like. I'm going to test this out and see if I can play the Coffee Talk soundtrack I love and that. not have anyone go, is this a video game soundtrack? <laughs> and let me tell you, it absolutely works. So this passes Amazing. the Coffee Talk uh, or the, the coffee shop vibes. Nice. Yep. So if you want to play this game too, I encourage you to play it while your in-laws are over and see if they say, are you playing video game music? Because I bet you they won't. Small anecdote along similar lines. Um my line of work, I always have Lo-Fi Girl playing uh, in, like, in the room. That's just a daily occurrence. I just hate dead silence. And so um, something that it doesn't distract because it doesn't have lyrics, but like it's just a cadence and a rhythm just to kind of set the tone of the, of the space. Anyway, there was one day at work about two weeks ago where the internet went down. And uh, I didn't have access to my stream of Lo-Fi Girl. And so my computer at work has a ton of restrictions on what I can do. But I have a couple video games that are DRM-free that I have, like, from, like, um, like itch.io bundles and such. Yeah. And I've, like, put them on this, this laptop. And so I launched Coffee Talk, plugged it, um, a speaker into my computer, and just hit the like the there's like an endless mode in the menu of this game where you can just kind of like do order after order after order and do like latte art and whatever and uh it has a little shuffle radio on your little cell phone in game and so every 20 minutes 30 minutes i would just hit next on the on the soundtrack just to kind of like make sure that variety kind of was the tone of the day and it didn't get stale and uh, that single-handedly saved me from having a horrible day at work and uh, I love like that. so that's great. amazing. It was low maintenance. I didn't have to do anything. Like once every half hour, I would just hit the Windows key, see if the internet was back. It wasn't. Spoilers, and then I would just click back on the game, and uh, and it. Oh my goodness. Um, Perfect. I don't know what else I would have done without <laughs> yeah. without Coffee Talk. So. Uh, fat dub for Toge. <laughs> uh, I'm glad we brought up the music too because I mean anyone who knows me and I know these three folks definitely know this about me is I'm a giant music nerd and music makes a game for me. Really? Uh, what? Um, it's why <laughs> Hi-Fi Rush continues to be my game of the year because of just how much I love that soundtrack and it's a music game. But like this game like from the minute it starts from the, the the you know the zoom in on the outside of the shop to then in the shop you can change the soundtrack also you have a a fake spotify in on your phone that you can sh- literally shuffle through the tracks and listen like they give you music control as if like I have identified with a lot of characters in a lot of games right I did a whole podcast about Mass Effect and Commander Shepard but 
I identified with this character for the simplest reasons, like how how he carried himself or how they carried themselves, and like um, the phone thing, though simple, like checking in on social media every day and like seeing what my friends were up to, um, and then being able to mess with the music and have control over the music. Like, that it wasn't a static soundtrack. I think there are moments that require certain songs, like certain songs play at certain times, but for the most part, you had freedom to flip through the soundtrack. That was really gratifying to me in a weird way. I mean, because I listen to music all the time when I'm working or doing... Uh, as long as I'm not editing audio, I'm listening to music often, and so it gave me that kind of vibe, which was really neat. Did you play with any of the other stuff on the phone? I did. Um, I did look at everything... Um, and of course, you have an app that like tracks the recipes for you, uh, which was fun. Um, and then there's a thing that happens later that's spoilery that not, does not allow you to check your phone for a certain recipe when a certain thing happens, which I also saw was really interesting. Like, of course, in this panic-inducing moment, faced with this challenge, why would you look at your phone? You would just do the thing. It was very interesting. Um, in my first playthrough, I should probably mention this. I just kind of, after like the third drink I made, I just said, screw it. I'm just going to like not care about what they're asking. Uh-huh. And I just, I just, I just, I probably, I don't remember specifically, but let's say I just espressoed everybody. Yeah. Um, and, and, <laughs> and this game, it turns out, it really matters that you get people's order right or else they won't emotionally open up in front of you. Yeah. Um, and so I got a wildly different experience uh, example being the gala thing that didn't happen when I first played this a couple years ago. Um, oh. I played it again, and today is when I finished it, and uh, the, I got that sequence. And I had a walkthrough open that told me exactly what ingredients to hit each time. Yeah. And so um, I, I didn't even notice because I wasn't in the habit of looking at my phone in the game. Uh, I didn't notice that that ability was taken away. So that's actually really cool to hear that that's like a, a tension building, like uh, withholding sort of gesture that the, the game takes there. I didn't know that. You know, when that moment happened, I was on a plane. Um, I finished this game on my flight out to Arizona for vacation. And like that moment happens and I can't get it open. And I have no wi- and Wi-Fi. I wasn't paying for Wi-Fi on the fly. Oh, no. And so I literally didn't know <laughs> the right drink. And so I made it from memory and was wrong. And so when I replayed no. a bunch of stuff, I did that correctly, but in that moment I went, oh god, this is the worst time for this to happen. Oh no. That's so funny. Yeah, it was great. Isn't the drink called Galahad? It is called Galahad. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's really interesting that that you bring up the phone piece, because I didn't really mess with the phone much. I I, I should have explored it further, but when it came to the drinks, I I wanted to kind of not test myself, but I was like, I want to try to puzzle through this. Like, what, what vibes are they giving me? What ingredients are they asking for let's let's see if i can figure this out so that was kind of a fun i went i felt like i went in blind when it came to making drinks so it was like i think i know what's in a latte let's (laughs) let's see if i can figure this out so that kind of thing was fun and just to speak to the spirit of that thought luke like this game gives you five attempts to make your drink yeah and so Mm -hmm. it really in some ways does encourage you to ignore like the systems of like the phone and whatnot like the recipe bank that you can kind of reference um, sure. And so, so I, I'm going to assume, and I'm curious if, if you want to speak to that, um, that the fact that there was like a, a trial and error element, you could, you had X amount of times to get it right or wrong and eventually just kind of live with your final attempt or not. Um, do you think that that might have influenced why you were a little more like dice rolly with your drink making? I think so. It was kind of something that I just early on, it didn't seem to have much of a penalty. So it was kind of... Yeah amusing to me of like oh didn't get that one right i can tell Mm -hmm. by their reaction or like that one where they're like oh this is just right exactly what i wanted of like the satisfaction there but yeah yeah, i think the the multiple attempts piece um was key we also haven't touched on the the latte art Mm -hmm. mechanic which i thought was very fun um I and never, also, I never, I, I never so got so it. Bad. I never got it good either. No. I think awful. I, I forget which character is the first one that asks for Bailey's. latte art, and I tried to do Bailey's. it. And they were like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was like, "You, you, you think this, this is cute? Yeah. Your, this is your attempt to <laughs> kind of belittle you a little or whatever. bit." Yeah, yeah. Like that what was all very jerk. funny to me. <laughs> I don't like that From, guy, right? I took just that as like, that maybe one. this is just, yeah, maybe this is just my personality, but I took that as like, now I have to master latte art. To, by the end of this game, this this person's got to love my coffee. I took it well, personally, like, yeah. Did you practice in the endless mode that, that's in the game? I sure tried, in order to get all the and I could never... You have to really touch everything. Yeah, yeah I, I couldn't get a good one, personally, but... Um, how many of us did 100% this game? I did not. I will throw myself under that bus. 
So I didn't. I, I, did, I did not a hundred percent it. I did get the complete story with bonus, like bonus cutscene. I got mm. so I got all the Same. narrative stuff. But no, I didn't a hundred percent it. I got. I think. Okay. I would say 75% of the achievements. Um, but there are some, like in the endless mode, you have to do certain things. Like it was just, it was too much. And I, and like I running over to do other things and play other games, trying to keep up. So like, yeah. but, uh, sure. but I did get more, I did do some achievement hunting in this game, which I typically don't do. Just quick remark about like visual novels. I tend to go for hundred percent on those because they're so easy to like pathway yeah. through and you can just fast forward dialogue trees yeah. um, at a certain point. And so um, the fact that I didn't with this game, despite playing it twice to credits is somewhat remarkable. Yeah. Um, like, like if, if anyone listening is, is thinking about like, Ooh, I like visual novels. Ooh, I might like want the easy hundred percent. Um, I don't know that that's exactly the vibe here. Like there, yeah. there's quite a lot to do after credits roll. Um, yeah. but it, I will say it was worth it to get that bonus little scene because I'm wondering like five question marks in a row, Nani, like, like I actually <laughs> have no idea what that extra scene after credits was. Um, but I'm sure we'll talk about that in a second, but Luke, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I, I finished the main story, and then I kind of experimented with the different modes just to kind of see. I, I enjoyed the endless mode. Once again, my creative brain of just, like, let's put things into beverages and see what recipes I can come up with. But, um, yeah, it was more just for the sake of time. I think if I had kind of been playing this game at my own pace, I, I would have kept going because I just enjoyed, like, being in that world and hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did the kind of the same where I was like, I went through it once and I was like, you know what? I've seen what I need to see here and I, I'm the, I don't need to be a completionist. I, I may, though, go back and watch the um, the real ending on YouTube uh, because there's quite a, an interesting revelation depending on how much you complete the game when you finish uh, that actually affects, sort of affects the next yeah. game. Hmm. Oh, yeah. interesting. Um. I, I yeah. haven't touched the second game other than the PAX demo, um, mm -hmm. and I'm going to assume that the PAX demo doesn't actually reveal anything significant about that secret ending. So, well, no. why don't we just, like, briefly yeah, jump into it? Like, Matt and I'm, I have been playing. Hmm. Sure. I finished it. Yeah, I'm curious. Matt, did you play the whole I'm thing? I'm not. I'm about halfway through it. Um, I wanted to try and finish okay. it this weekend because there's a looming specter of one of my favorite Star Wars games ever getting a sequel this coming yeah. week. And so, like, mm -hmm. I, I know once that comes out, all bets are off on anything else I'm playing. But, yeah, but, no, I got mm -hmm. pretty far. And, Flora, to let you know, you played the first day. That demo um, is essentially the first day of the game. So you, it, yeah. you didn't see anything that toys with the narrative. But, I mean, I'm really enjoying the second game, but, like, Here's the thing. If you didn't like Coffee Talk, you're not going to like episode two. Like, it's more of the same. Yeah. They've done a, a few different things with, like, the social media tab. They added some stuff. And, like, the the narrative seems to branch a teeny bit more. Um, but beyond that, it's still making drinks correctly to get people to open up to see the story. They haven't really changed the basic of the game. So you, if you love the first game, you'll love the sequel. If you didn't like the first game, you're not going to like the sequel. I, I'll definitely pick it up. Um, not like I, I know the game's out already, and so I, I won't be like obviously day oneing this, but like I can see myself in a future Steam sale or something. Like the positive vibes are there, uh, just to be clear. And um, like I, I don't want my critical remarks to come across as like, oh, this game sucks whatsoever. Um, and the demo, <clears throat> the demo was definitely something that uh, clicked with me. I really liked the new character that was introduced. Mm -hmm. Uh, on day one and um, I, I think that it has the potential with like the new mechanics and there was like you also um, I, I'll add there was like a little drawer mechanic where mm -hmm. you like had like a permanent object that it seemed like if when someone was ready to return you could give it to them and maybe open up additional conversational mm -hmm. things that in the original coffee talk doesn't happen whatsoever and so um, like the fact that the game is functionally the same but has some little elaborations it is just that's enticing enough. I will definitely be picking that up at some point. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a couple of objects that I won't get into in, in depth, but they do play into you must give this character this object before, you know, Y period, or else it will have Z effect on the story. Z. Um, but what I think I like about Z, Izid, is it yeah. Z? Y'all yeah, Z. We all yeah do. I'm sorry. I'm an American. Yeah. I'm, I'm a failure. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Z. It's fine. But in, uh, but in episode two, I found that there were multiple times 
where, you know, you'd have four characters in front of you where I, I felt like the storylines were a little bit more um, intermingled, mm-hmm. where you would have a character like give advice to two other characters about their situation that I think might have happened once or twice in Coffee Talk 1, but it happened a lot in, in episode two to the point where, you know, example, without going into spoilers, Hyde, for example, will give critical advice almost as like a like a like a dad to some of the characters yeah. <laughs> or a daddy to some of the characters where he's just giving advice to everybody that actually affects um you know the way that these characters act in the world plus there were some new characters beyond the one that you talked about in day 1 um i think that there are maybe I two think other two. new characters yeah. as well yeah and so f- fun stuff there plus you get you know blue pea drinks like uh, a butterfly what? pea it's called butterfly PT, so they just call it blue PT P-E-A. as like a, as a nickname for it. Like, P-E-A, urine? Not P-E-E. No. <laughs> not, urine, not urine. Not urine. That joke is made yeah. in the game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. That's such an awkward name. Why yeah. did anyone sign yeah. off on that? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And then there was there's hibiscus too, and then there's there's one storyline that I I thought tackled the issue of like gentrification really mm-hmm. well, which was surprising. Yeah. Um, but I think Flora, you'll have to, you know, check it out on it's on Xbox Game Pass. So if you're like into it and I don't if have you're Game Pass. curious, you don't have Game Pass, well, if you can grab it on a Steam sale, uh, um, it's I think ten, 10 bucks. Yeah. yeah. That's the play. It's ten bucks. You can't go wrong. The gameplay is a little bit longer than the first. Yeah. Um, maybe like it just feels more um, more dense and it's maybe Ooh. like, you know, 25 to 30 percent longer than the yeah it's at least in my estimation uh, when i interviewed the narrative director uh uh junkie patch um she'd said that it's it's the same 14 day period but each day is longer so it's a it's it's not twice as long but probably like an extra third longer um which Mm -hmm. which is really uh interesting and like that said the four or five days i've played already like I noticed that they're longer because I remember how short the other ones were, but it's not like, yeah. oh, this feels long. It's like, oh, this is going on longer. Cool. Like we're getting more like so that that kind of thing. That might have been the heart of the critique that I had with the game in the first place, which is that the game just like only like brushes on stuff and, and never like lingers and goes fully into what it needs to. Um, I remember the the PAX demo being significantly longer than what I expected. Um, and, uh, if that tone continues moving into the multiple days, is it also 14 days? Yes. Jacob, you finished it. Okay. Yep. Um, and I know it's like three years in the future, so I know we're like going to be picking up probably some, some storylines like, um, Lua and Bailey's like being engaged and stuff like that. Like I, I've seen previews, but, um, that sounds like it has the potential to do exactly what I would want a sequel to do. Like as far as if it's going to learn any lessons of writing, that's probably what I want. Then again, just to be clear, I have said this on the podcast, that games need to be shorter. Um, yeah. Games need to be shorter. So, dang it, Coffee Talk 2. <laughs> um, I think also we should mention here, because we haven't yet, of course, the main creator and developer of the original Coffee Talk, uh, Muhammad yeah. uh, Fami, uh, passed away. Um I believe in March of 2022. And so, uh, but I believe that the bones of this game existed before he passed. Um, and so this new writing team, when I, I got to do my interview with Pax East, they talk about how much they miss him and how like they hope they're carrying his vision, right? That the whole point of this game is they want to bring to life what he had envisioned for the second game. So that said, because this was in some semblance of development before he passed, I believe, I don't know that we'll get a third one. We'll see. I mean, it's, I guess, at this point up to Toge and, and of course, Worldwide since the original creator is no longer around. Um, but I am curious. I haven't beaten the game, so I don't know if there's the kind of opening that for a sequ- another one that the first one had. And I personally am kind of of two minds about it, right? You know, it's hard to create in the vision of someone who's no longer with us, but also he the, the team knew him well and care about him greatly and like we're bringing talk very affectionately about this game and the vision they're trying to provide uh, even though he's no longer with us so we'll see um but you can definitely tell the writing like there's if you're playing the second one after the first one and i've played them close together it feels in the same vibe clearly they they are trying to fulfill his vision and kind of keep these characters in the same way there are no sharp character changes or like oh my god this character doesn't sound like they should like it does feel in vain of the first game very much so and then I might be mistaken here, but I think Muhammad Fami, after uh, they left Toge, 
they went and made their own studio as mm-hmm. well and may have worked on what comes after, yeah. which Flora, I think is a game that you really liked. Um, I don't remember the connection of what comes after. Um, that's so strange that you would single me out as having liked that game. Because... I just know you played that. Oh, okay. So you probably saw it on Steam. I- I'm going to be honest yes. with you. I really have some problems with the writing in what comes after. Um <laughs> uh, Sorry to be the negative Nancy once again, but like it's a cool, interesting premise. The way it's delivered is um, rocky and could use some refinement. And um, yeah, should people play it? Like, I think it's there's something cool there. There's a conversation to be had there about that game. Uh, is it going to satisfy a particular vibe? Like, not really. Like, Coffee Talk serves a vibe. Yeah. What comes after is is very. It's like little girl on a ghost train going in one direction and mm. finding closure with their emotions. Like it's fine. Just not, I don't know. Like I, I forgot that I played that game is probably <laughs> the <laughs> worst phrase I could give it, but there you go. Uh, All that playing copy talk one and two has made me want to do now is play uh, a space for the unbound mm. because it, mm. it obviously is a very different style of game. That yeah. is a slice of life adventure game. Looks really good. But, also made by Toge, so I'm like, oh, I need to play that. I'll also say Valhalla, the bartender game. Um, I yeah. haven't played it, but it looks like a massively like like niche match for me as yeah. far as like the vibes being cyberpunk is a little closer to like what I would go for. Like again, big lo-fi fan, love the cozy coffee shop vibes, uh, tea supremacy, etc. But you know, <laughs> like if we if we set the fact. Oh, that tea is better than coffee over here to the side. Uh, Valhalla is about like alcohol. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We can have a separate conversation and maybe a separate podcast about the merits of the drinks in that game. Isn't Red Strings Club also very similar? Like has a similar vibe to it? This one came out it maybe might like five be. years ago. I think so. I, by Devolver. I think so. Yeah, I have it. I don't remember what that game's about, but I have that game. Yeah, obviously, again, different. It's more of an adventure game than a visual novel, but it has that same bartendy vibes. Yeah. I mean, I will say as someone who's been sober for a while now, uh, I prefer the coffee shop to the bar, but I've heard that Valhalla yeah, yeah. does have a similar style. Like everyone that has seen me post about Coffee Talk said, oh, you have to play Valhalla. You'll dig that if you dig Coffee Talk. So I think yeah. narratively, it's very similar as like a structure. And so I am curious about it. And it is definitely one of the next games that I definitely want to play. Um, any other things y'all want to say about Coffee Talk 1 or about games that like if folks want to play games that have similar vibes, we've talked about a few here, uh, that they can cop or grab if they really like this one. Um, I do, I'll leave it open to the I floor. mean, I do want to say I, I don't think we should because it's such a short game and it's so accessible right now. I don't want to spoil the main narrative, um, but I do think uh, so Flora brought up a character, Neil, who is this person that is made very clear early on to be out of space from outer space and part of a hive collective drinks drinks through his finger or their finger <laughs> and is just a very odd character and is in the first episode the first um day he appears he talks about how he's on a mission to procreate like his race to survive they go to different planets to procreate and it's it i think it handles it pretty well but it is an interesting conversation to be having amongst the other conversations that are within this game but the main narrative does end up revolving around neil and i don't want to spoil it but i think it is interesting i think the 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 way the game ends is interesting because it does try to have a complete narrative wrapped around the the the, what seems like just a group of small conversations um and i think that the sequel i haven't beaten it is going to try and live up to that and so i'll see i enjoyed where the narrative went but i did also like flora have a lot of question marks even when I got the secret ending, I went, wait, okay, so wait, what happened? Um, yeah, same. This, the second game does try to explain it a little bit, um, but uh, it hasn't quite gotten there from what I've said. But I think uh, for me, the thing that, again, makes this game so strong to me is like, so I, for those who don't know, and I don't even know if everyone on this call knows, I used to work within the burlesque scene. I used to host, I used to DJ. And so I did a lot of nightlife stuff where I would hang out with folks that I didn't hang out with regularly, except at those events. And so it was a lot of small talk. And while small talk at like parties where I don't know anybody kind of, I dread small talk amongst people I like in environments that I can control, I love and live for. And this game, 
emulated that to a T. The conversations that I got to have as the barista with these different characters absolutely made feel like I did when I was schmoozing as a host for a burlesque show. Because that's what you got to do, right? You got to get the room ready. No one's here to see me perform. They're here to see the naked people perform. But like, you got to get them ready and rev them up. And like, you know, once you start seeing the same people at the same shows, you know their name, you know what they're working on, you know your, their day job, what they do, if they're married, have kids, have a dog, whatever. And this... I loved that environment and is the thing I missed most about that environment. And this game absolutely made me relive that in a, in a really fun way. And I think there is merit to creating games around small talk like this that I don't think a lot of other games have done particularly well. I haven't played Valhalla, but like for sure this is one of the first games that I really felt a real life experience for lack of a better word, like something that directly connected to something I experienced in my own career path and in my own real life in a way that I haven't necessarily tr translated one-to-one -one from other games. Another game that I think that you could throw in here to talk about similarities within would be Kinder, or wait, no. I think it's called Kind Words. Mm -hmm. um, it's yes. the game where you write letters to people. Um, I almost said Kinder Worlds, which <laughs> I, it's not that similar, but it's sort of similar. Um, and so the idea there is like you you get a letter from someone who is going through something tough. You, as you're listening to lo-fi in a room where you can decorate it and stuff, you write them back and like tell them your perspective or how you would deal with the situation or like just wish them well. And um, the sort of topics that are brought up in coffee talk, uh, despite my criticisms, like, like they're, you know, these people are coming here because they probably don't have a lot of support systems in their personal lives. And so you, the barista are serving as that support system in a weird de facto way. And, um, in like, I, I like the game that I just mentioned kind words, but it also is kind of exhausting to be someone's vicarious therapist. Yeah. And, uh, there's only so much of that game that I can play because I, personally have issues of my own that i have to expend energy uh you know solving and so um i i don't know i i think at the very least in terms of like aesthetic vibes like both sonically and visually um give it a try if you're looking for something similar um it's it's not really story heavy whatsoever because you're just writing letters back and forth but like if you want more of just that like the room energy of coffee talk then that would be my recommendation Luke, any anything you want to cover or recommendations for folks who maybe have played Coffee Talk? Sure. I I can't think of any other games that kind of hit this similar vibe aesthetically, La which is Yeah, go ahead, Flora. Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally. <laughs> totally. One to one. It it makes you feel things, that's for sure. Not <laughs> um <laughs> sorry. Yeah, but no, 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 you're fine. Um but yeah, I enjoyed this game, I think for folks that want to give it a try, highly recommend. And I, I hope this is kind of inspiration for future games within this um, genre to maybe tackle topics and I don't want to say a more intentional way, but a more have more depth mm -hmm. and maybe yeah. slower pacing and kind of sit in these moments and these conversations just a little bit longer to kind of, um, you know, give some, better representation to these larger issues that they're discussing. Mm -hmm. um, beyond wanting to play Space for the Unbound, which I haven't, yeah. um, I do want to call out Chorus Worldwide because I think that they're, the games they select yeah. have, have a vibe to them that if you liked this one, you will likely like a lot of their other games. So they just came out actually almost at the same time as this game, uh, Varney Lake, uh, which is the second in their pixel pulp series of adventure games. These are like 80s style, like home computer adventure games. So if, imagine Coffee Talk, like similar, like um, if you like that, you might like yeah. this. Uh, and then obviously Space for the Unbound. And then beyond that, they also have published... Um, they're publishing the next game in the read-only memories series. Um, so I do want to go back and play 2064 read-only memories. So really nothing I've played, but things that I want to play <laughs> based on my experience with this one. Another one on this list that I'm just now seeing is When the Past Was Around, which is a puzzle game, but it has a story to it. And yeah. the vibes in that game are, so, it's just full melancholy the whole way through. 
in a way that is absolutely beautiful. And I, I would recommend that game. Uh, it's short. That's it's another sweet. Toge game, is it not? It is. Uh, well, actually, now that you say that, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm on the Chorus Worldwide It website, is another. But, when the Past is Around um, is also heard, a Toge game. It is? Yeah. Mm, that's fun. Okay. But yeah, art style, immaculate, music, going to make you feel things. Uh, give it a shot if you're looking for something else. I just thought of one series to throw out, and I don't think this, this series doesn't address like social issues in, in the same way or attempt to do so. Um, but it, just in terms of like an aesthetic and kind of being engaged in a social experience, I'd throw out um, the Emily is Away sure. games yeah. for folks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just in terms of like engaging with a narrative and kind of communication being the key piece that lets you experience the story. Yeah, I would also say on the more social awareness side, a game that I never shut up about online and it is a visual novel mixed with other things, Boyfriend Dungeon. Um, if you have mm. not played yet... Um, <laughs> I love that game. It's just... It, it's great. It, it shines a light on the queer experience in a way no other game has. This game hints on it a little bit. Um, but, like, you know, if you like attractive characters and you like tongue-in-cheek narratives and you like actual discussions of stalking and obsession and like things that you want to like not necessarily experience or understand but like be part of a narrative that actually shows what some people go through uh while trying to pursue relationships and be a part of the broader world i think it is it does say some things that are worth hearing and it does have some really incredible characters and mechanics um and there's another game that's a vibe the music is incredible i listen to that soundtrack all the time Weren't you playing it in the car for Ken Shepard today? I was playing it in the car while hanging out with Ken Shepard today. That is correct, if Twitter is to be believed. <laughs> yeah. I was about um, to say, how do you if know that? anyone's interested, <laughs> yeah, Twitter, Twitter tells me everything. <laughs> and if you want to listen to Luke's pick, Emily is Away and Emily is Away 2 are games that we've played on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, you can check those out, episode 109 and 137. Um, any final thoughts? Or if not, going once, going twice? Sold. All right. Well, hey, that's our episode about um, Coffee Talk. Uh, Coffee Talk One. Uh, if you're curious, like we said, it's on Xbox Game Pass at least at the time of recording. And if y'all don't have Xbox Game Pass, uh, it is a game that is ten dollars on Steam normally. So uh, p- please give it a shot if that's if that's your thing. Uh, Matt, Luke, thank you for coming back on this podcast. Um, I would love for y'all to tell folks where they can find you and your lovely work. Uh, let's start this time with, uh, Mr. Luke Lewis. Sure. Thanks again for having me. It's always a blast to be here. Um, you can find me on Twitter at lukewarm Lewis and my podcast, the lukewarm games podcast at lukewarm games. Um, we release every Monday, 9am Pacific. Um, we have our most recent episode featuring Jacob McCourt, where we talk about dredge and Terra nil two wonderful indies that released recently. And we have some exciting developer interviews. So if you enjoy positive vibes and industry insight from a gaming couple, come check us out. Um, we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again. Uh, of course. And yes. That. Where can you so I can be found mostly on Twitter while it's still in one piece. It seems more desolate every day. Uh, but DJ underscore Stormageddon <laughs> over there. Um, you can find all of my work at djstormageddon.com. All of my podcasts, my Kofi, my merch store, all of that good stuff. Also, if you want a little more about Coffee Talk, uh, the SideQuest episode 163, uh, hosted by Keith Lenethan. Um, who is another podcaster on certain POV, did an episode on Coffee Talk for SideQuest, and it's a great episode if you want to hear more good vibes and more why folks love this game. Otherwise, um, the game, I, the podcast I will continue to pitch here is Fun and Games Podcast, because I think it's the one that is the most of a sister show to the Left Behind Game Club and Lukewarm Games. We do developer interviews. We uh, we talk about games, genres. We By the time this is out, I believe, an episode I did very recently with one Jacob McCourt and of course my co-host Jeff about the entire life and times of the GameCube will be out. Um, so you should definitely go check that out. We talk about the panel that Jacob and I did. We talk about the the history of GameCube and why it was such a seminal system for us and all of that. And so if you like retrospectives and you like broader conversations about games, um, please go check that out. And if you decide that you want to support stuff like that, we have a Patreon. Unfortunately, with social media dying and falling apart, uh, it is very hard to get our <laughs> podcasts out there. And so review this podcast that you're listening to, the Lukewarm Games podcast, and every other podcast you listen to. But also maybe go check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Pod because you can support at 3 5 and $10 level, and it really helps us continue to create the show that we love making for folks. Thank you both for coming. 
Uh, and to your point, Matt, uh, please review the podcast you listen to, including this one, including the, the two that Matt just brought up. Uh, if you give us a five-star review, we will read it on the air because we're doing that now. Uh, so I actually want to read uh, a review that we just recently got. That's uh, it good. comes from the UK. Uh, it just says, oh, yeah. Can you do another Undertale episode, please? Metatono. You are so cool. <laughs> That's the whole review. That's amazing. That's it. Amazing. Um, Love it. <laughs> I mean, we have enough hosts where we can have a separate conversation about that game. It's not off the table. It's true. Yeah, because uh, I'm going to tell you one of my biggest regrets uh, in this podcast is actually the way I started that Undertale episode. Oh. Um, in hindsight, it is sort of cringe <laughs> uh, to the point where I've thought multiple times about going back and editing it. No way. Uh, because if you look at the retention, because I'm this person on the podcast for that episode on Spotify, it's literally like half the people just drop before that no. intro is done. <laughs> so, oh, no. uh, you know, maybe we should do a second Undertale episode. Who I knows? didn't drop. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. It's a very good episode. It just opens in a kind of cringe way. So uh, I guess I'll say that. So give us a review and, and we'll read it on the air. Beyond that, you can find all things Left Behind Game Club at Left Behind Game Club on Instagram and then Left Behind Game Club Left Behind Club <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> Sorry. At Left Behind Club on Twitter. Uh, and then send this to a friend if, if they like gaming podcasts because that's how people hear about podcasts. Flora. Where can you be found on the internet? You can find me on the dying Twitter platform at LudoNarrativeFM. <laughs> you can find me at EpilogueGaming.com for articles. Of course, you can find me in the Discord if you are a member of the Left Beyond Game Club community. Come post Yakuza GIFs with me every Friday. It's it's spreading into Tuesdays and other days of the week now. We're, we're, we're unhinged. Yeah. But um, otherwise, <laughs> um, you know, all of those places are great spots. So uh, come reach out. And you can find that at leftbehindgame.club slash discord. So that's how you find us. And then you can find me at Jacob McCord on all major social media platforms. Uh, J-A-C-O-B-M-C-C-O-U-R-T. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Blue Sky yeah. now, I guess, new. too. Uh, Matt's on yeah. Blue Sky because of me yeah, as well. it's a new one. So we'll see. We'll see how long that one we'll lasts. Hive is already kind do of we, dead, Do we so. want to have a conversation real quick? What is Blue Sky? Blue Sky is a new uh, platform that is supposed to be more distributed. I think they're going for the podcast model, but for social media, where it's kind of like email, but also it's a spin out actually from Twitter, where I believe it's actually owned by Twitter, weirdly enough. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. The history, the wiki page isn't great. I want someone, anyone who's on Blue Sky, find out more about Blue Sky and update the wiki page because I need it. <laughs> Sounds like there's only two of you, but yeah. proceed. Yeah. There's 20,000 people on that platform, so we'll see what happens. All right. Anyway, this is not a podcast about Blue no. Sky, but uh, in the words of Michael Ruffalo, uh, I guess I'll say shout out Michael Ruffalo and that, my friends, is one less game left behind. Mm-hmm.